Roundtable for the West Coast. I am Matt Murdick. I am the host of Keys to Lost, one of the two hosts of Keys to Lost, uh, whose feed this episode is on this week. And we are reviewing Season 6, Episode 4, The Substitute. It's a Locke slash MIB-centric episode written by Liz Sarnoff and Melinda Taylor, uh, directed by Tucker Gates. And, of course, I, as always... I am joined by Donald from Donald is Lost and Heath Solo from Lost Revisited Now. Before we get started, just want to say a real quick shout out to Jay and Jack. Congratulations, Jay, for getting engaged first. And second of all, uh, Jay and Jack's 30-hour marathon podcast is coming up next month. That's 20th and 21st. It benefits Autism Speaks. So be sure to go to jayandjack.com and check out for details there. One of the guys who is going to actually be filling in for uh, one of the shifts, along with Axel Foley from the Lost Mythos cast, is one of our panelists, and that is, of course, Heath Solo from the Lost Revisited Now. How you doing, Heath? Uh, pretty good, Matthew. How are you? I am just fine. Thank you, sir. Tell us about your show and anything we need to know about it, please. This Lost Revisit Now, Lost Podcast. Uh, most people know it by now, but if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, you can find our show on iTunes. And best bet to follow the inside details, follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash heathactor. And my co-host is Miss Wendy. You can find her blog, misswendy.wordpress.com. And you can also check out heathsworld.wordpress.com for maybe one thing a week updated. <laughs> but... Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Lost baby. <laughs> Lost baby. Of course, distinguished guest, uh, third guest, is Donald from Donald is Lost, who has a fantastic podcast, DonaldIsLost.com. What else do we need to know about you, Donald? Um, well, there, there's a, a, about a 50% chance that I might be joining Axel and Heath on the Jay and Jack panel as of now. We'll see if that percentage goes up or down, but... That's all I'm really going to say about that right now. Um, DonaldIsLost.com is the website, and it's the final season. We're pulling out all the stops. I'm changing all the rules. I, I normally had a rule where I'd only do an hour, an hour or so podcast, but now anything goes. I did almost two hours last week, so it's the final season. I don't care. I don't care about hate mail, any of that. I'm just going to be me. That's really silly. That's my, that's my goal. 
Right on, man. Sounds good. We've got a few callers waiting to call up. Before we do that, though, we're going to discuss a few things about the show ourselves. Uh, I just posted kind of a list of questions uh, that came to mind for me. First of all, this episode was just way over the top in terms of uh, information or things to ponder as compared to last week, I thought. There were a lot of subtleties last week, but this week was just like hit you over the head with thing after thing after thing. What did you guys just think uh, in terms of how it hit you just in terms overall? Donald. Okay. Um, I liked it. And, I mean, the fact that it was an information overload, like you said, I only got to watch it twice. And I, I feel like I'm going to watch it at least five more times. You know, I watched LAX seven, eight times already. But, I mean, this episode, just every time I watched it, the, the, the first time I, I caught a few things, second time I caught a lot more things. And I think this is just this is going to be one of those episodes that lasts you a full week and you don't even realize the time is going by. Yeah, I agree. Heath, how about you, sir? Yeah, you know, it's funny. When they, they first started going alternate, parallel, whatever timeline with Locke, I was kind of like, all right, go to the island. But I was actually into the lock stuff just because Terry O'Quinn is awesome and to see Helen and all that and Hurley. But, man, that shot of the smoke monster, like from his point of view, going to the island, going around, that was awesome. So those of you who still didn't think the man in black was smoke, not smoky, uh, you finally get your confirmation there unless you think – Man in Black was on top of smoking, hitching a ride. On but, top of a smoke. Oh, with ash. Yeah, no, it was it was exactly what I needed. I needed some, you know, answers. But I finally, you guys know, my big question over the hiatus: What the heck is the end about? What is the purpose? And finally, Man in Black in the first like ten minutes is like. Don't you know why you're here? And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Finally, they, someone throws that out there. And, of course, we get that answer, but I'll save it. But, yeah, no, I just really loved this episode. It had so many great – and the way Donald was talking about watching it again, I know when I watch it again, it's going to be like, oh, man. So this one really, really – I really enjoyed it a lot. What about you, Matt? Yeah. Well, you know – I, I, I'm I'm in the same way with you. I really did like the alt-timeline stuff this week. It didn't do much for me last week except prove that their lives kind of all revolved around each other. This week, uh, you know, it was just kind of cool to see Hugo and, and Rose in that in that in in those roles. Uh, and like you said, Terry O'Quinn did a great job. And then the island stuff was just, wow. I was just totally blown away. Like Donald... Uh, you know, it, my list of questions you'll see kind of run from the end of the episode t- towards the front simply because uh, there was so much stuff and I was writing so much stuff down that it was hard for me to keep it all in my mind as to even what I wanted to talk about tonight. And this is just fantastic. So with that, why don't we go ahead and just talk about that last kind of scene with uh, Locke and, and, and Sawyer Here's what I here's uh, what I came up with the, the, the correlation of of numbers with their characters. Uh, obviously, Shepard being 23, Reyes eight, Gerard 16, one of the Quans being 42, Locke being number four, and of course Sawyer being number 15. Um, and we get an answer to what the candidate is, at least according to MIB. Uh, 
um, the throwing of the white stone into the sea. Does what do you guys? Let me just put this question out there first. Do you think that this proves to us that Jacob is the light side and MIB is the dark side? Not necessarily good or bad, because I don't think that light or dark necessarily mean good or bad in this equation, but just that one was playing the white game pieces and one was playing the black game pieces. Yeah, I uh, mean, he, it, uh, I mean, we always kind of, I mean, ever since season one, and one side is light, one side is dark, and inside choke, Jacob being dead, he throws the white stone in. Um, again, it goes to the balance of power, where you need the balance of good and evil, if you will, and now it looks like it's one-sided. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Donald, you may be able to remember this. Um, it might have been you, for all I know. But I know, I think last season stuff, people were starting to say, ooh, what if the Losties represent the numbers? And we get that confirmation tonight. And I know a few podcasters and listeners threw that out there, which I found interesting. The one thing, though, I found interesting is when Man in Black's like Quan. I don't know if it means Sun or Jin, but the way Jacob touched them both and they, their love, they're going to be one. I'm assuming they're both kind of resemble uh, one number as one. What do you think about that? Uh, I find I that very interesting. Yeah. I mean, people. Yeah, I'm said, sorry. Go ahead, Donald. Well, no. Uh, p- people have said, I don't know which is which. I mean, what about the possibility that it's both of them? They're both Quan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'd be cool, like a little couple running the aisle, make a couple's retreat or something. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I think it is because he touched them both at the same time. He says your love is the most important thing, and kind of marriage is about becoming one. So I I, I have to believe they're both, or they're also foreshadowing one of them may die. Who knows? But I gotta believe it's gonna be both of them. Yeah, I, I definitely think some of those people are gonna die. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see yeah. some names get crossed out. Yeah. Now, do you yeah. think? When uh, Man in Black and Locke were on the la- I mean, and uh, Sawyer were on the ladders, that he almost wanted Sawyer to kind of fall and then him save him to kind of start earning his trust? Or do you think that was just no big deal? Do you think it was, that was part of all the setup to try to get him on his side? Seems like a Ben type of move, maybe. Yeah. Well, Ben did the exact, almost the exact same thing with Caesar. I, I think it was genuine. You know, I don't think he could have anticipated that the ladder was going to break, but both of the ladders were going to break. But I think well, he genuinely wants Sawyer. I think, um, I think what we're starting to get is some kind of indication that he needs one or, or some of these guys to, in order to leave the island. He can't just do it himself. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Their well-being. I mean, it could be the balance, the fight to get these. I mean, because we get the three choices: do nothing, end up like John Locke, I guess. You know, go follow Jacob's orders to protect the island, or three, go home. And do you think Man in Black? I mean, I'm just kind of like Soy. You knew Sawyer was going to say yes. I mean, now it's going to be the. Sh- is this going to be the recruiting season where they're trying to get everybody or are they all going to side with man in black with the temple? But I don't know. I guess we'll see. 
So thinking about that last... No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Donald. No, I just wanted to throw something out real quick because I kind of had to um, to own up to the fact that I was wrong about the alternate timeline. So I want to ask you, did this episode prove to you, Matt, that um, Man in Black wasn't the one calling the shots all along, and it was Jacob? So that's been your theory. You've been pushing... Uh, that 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 was that was a theory that uh, I actually I admitted in our podcast last week that I thought the presence of Aldo actually proved to me that all of the others were the same and so that Man in Black hadn't been uh, doing pulling a master plan. I still think there's a master plan in play with the whole thing about setting Locke in motion, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, in, in order so that he could and he even admitted it that this week with in trying to get access to Jacob when he told Richard yeah. why. He looked like John Locke, he said, so I could have access to Jacob. So obviously that was part of a long plan, uh, a three-year plan at very least, because from 2004 um, onward, or even if you want to look back to 1954. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's at least, unless MIB is is pulling a complete farce about who brought what, to the island with what numbers and everything, and I think we can discount that because of the incident, uh, then it looks like Jacob has, in fact, been, uh, you know, bringing these people to the island, and, and MIB's just been trying to, to get home. Mm. I just wanted to, um, to ask you that, because I, personally, I, I love when things are definite, and I think that was kind of a definite answer to that. Yeah. I, I saw the writing on the wall last week, but... <laughs> Uh, so to speak. <laughs> I on the case. Let me see something else about this particular scene, just as long as we're on it. And, Heath, I know you're a big Sawyer fan. What do you, what do you think's up with this, with him agreeing to help MIB? How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I, again, I, don't, I'm, I will always side with Sawyer, no matter what. I think finally, though, after Juliet's death, he wants to get that. Because remember, Sawyer hasn't been back to the real world yet. He's been stuck on this rock for a long time. Uh, So, you know, I'd like to think Sawyer is going to kind of watch himself and kind of play along. But I think when it comes down to really – if it comes down to sacrificing the lives of Kate, Jack, Hurley, he will turn – and who knows? I have a feeling Sawyer is going to be the one to kill Man in Black at the end of the season and maybe sacrifice his life for them. Um, I just think Sawyer's character is doomed for that. I hope not. But if they do it in the right way where he does some good, I'll, I'll be able to handle it. But I think for now he's in selfish mode and all about him. But I think in the end he will not be. And he will he will do what it takes to help everyone else. I, I think they're setting that up. So. All right, very good. Donald, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, well, I know he's just a big fan of Sawyer. Personally, when people ask me well, who's my favorite character, it's really hard to answer because I kind of love them all. I don't really hate anyone. I don't really love anyone over the other one. But um, it's definitely making me, making me feel less for Sawyer right now because, he, like he said, he is in total selfish mode right now, which is, Almost understandable to a certain point, but you have Richard telling him, warning him, and warning him, and he's just like, no, I don't. I just want answers. I just want to get on out of here. So, seems like um, he might 
either be on a suicide mission or yeah. you might end up sacrificing, you know, other people to get off the island. And, you know, judging from what he did last week in the temple, he's like, do whatever you want with them. I could definitely see him at this point just saying, you know, forget them. And it, even even the Kate, I think he might even just not even care about Kate. Honestly, it seems like the only person I could see turning Sawyer back around at this point is Hurley because I don't see Sawyer just intentionally hurting Hurley. Who could do that? I mean, honestly. But um, I think it, w- it would come down to one of those scenes where Hurley has to kind of talk him back to reality. But I think the good is still in Sawyer. It's just getting buried right now because of his selfishness and, you know, his, his grieving process. Mm-hmm. Very, Very good. good. Yeah. Um, so let's turn our, our attention to the alternate timeline for just a second. And I, the appearance of Ben... What did you guys think of that? Because to me, that says, since we know that Ben came to the island roughly around 73, 74, if he's not, and we never saw any indication that he left the island during the bomb, this tells me that the island sunk before the 77 incident. Does it say anything like that to you guys? Yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. There seems with each episode, they're kind of giving us a more definite uh, you know, date. They're closing in on it around um, the date when that happened. But it definitely seems like it had nothing to do with, with Jughead at this point. Yeah. Now, now yeah. For, your, for, uh, your question, for your question about just the appearance of Ben, I thought it was kind of cheesy. You know, the, I, mean, the answer, I mean, the questions that come with it are fine. And, you know, like we're trying to figure out how did this happen, but seeing him talk about coffee filters and I'm thinking, well, what's next episode going to be? You know, like just teaching a class. And, like, that's, we're going to have to look at that because I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's just my opinion, though. I mean, feel free. I know you guys like the alternate timeline. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you said I you like this, I, this particular episode. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, but I'm not saying I like it as a whole, and I don't think I want to see him make tea for Locke now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I, mean, I, just, I, guess, I guess Donald... Whether I'm just trying to go with it instead of because at the beginning of the episode I was almost like wait a minute is this gonna be is this gonna feel like last week again and then it just got me out of it the way the episode went so I, I guess what I'm trying to do whether I like it or not I'm just trying to go with it because I don't want to spoil myself and I don't mean spoiler alert spoilers but like just have a bad taste in my mouth oh I don't like this I'm just trying to just go with it. And I just, I do feel if we just saw all on island, it'd be so amazing. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing. I just, God, why couldn't we just see oh. more stuff on the island? That's it. To me, to me, like you guys said, you and Matt both said that it was very well acted. You know, like seeing the characters again. But to me, you know, that's all true. Uh, Terry Quinn does an amazing job. of nice seeing Katie Seagal and Rose and Hurley. But it just felt so disconnected. It's like. I kept saying, why am I seeing this? What does it have to do with anything? That's the, the question that just keeps popping in my head, and I really hope that it answers sooner than later. Yeah, I guess if we, if I, right now in the all-timeline parallel, whatever, if we saw Desmond every week and he knew what was happening and they gave us what was happening, I think I'd be, like, so into it. Um, but I guess they're just waiting for the big reveal, and I you know, we always talk about, like I even mentioned about Comic-Con, how they spoiled us for certain things, and then it happens, and we're like, gee, you told us at Comic-Con. So we finally have something that we don't know what the heck is going on, and now we don't like it. 
kind of. So I guess I'm just trying to be like, you know what, let's see what the big reveal is. I'm like you, though, Donald. I am a little worried at what what it is, but I guess I'm just trying to just enjoy it, and hopefully it'll be cool. I don't know. All right. I, I, my own personal opinion of this uh, particular alt timeline, again, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Locke, so I like to see him in any aspect. But there were a couple of things that jumped out to me about that, and that is I thought that we saw a reverse bleed through this time. It was Man in Black who shouted something that was very Locke. Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. Um, so it was like the bleed through went the other way this time instead of uh, like all instances before we've kind of seen the people in the alt line uh, seeming having some kind of deja vu. And here we have MIB basically saying the exact same thing that that Locke does or has said in, in, in times past. Do you guys think that's because he's assumed Locke's memories or do you think that it is some kind of indication of a bleed through or? Well, I thought it was because of Locke's memories, but then at the same time, again, we don't quite understand what's going on in this other timeline or this stream or whatever. So it's, I'm wondering if the alt timeline is affecting them on island already, and maybe Man in Black's the first one it affects. So I just find it interesting. I don't want to make a claim yet, but I, I did last week think, well, let's reverse it. Maybe it's affecting them on the island. So, yeah, that's a tough one because I really don't know. Uh, but I did find interesting. One of the things I found interesting in that all timeline was that when Helen's like, you know, when Locke's like, you know, we'll just do a wedding, whatever, and Helen's like, your dad, and he wasn't like, it was like, okay, so maybe his dad didn't push him out the window. I found that interesting, that it wasn't like, screw him. Helen spoke good of his father. So I wonder what that was all about. There's a picture of of him and his father, like, smiling on his desk. Oh, was there? Yeah. So I don't know what that's Interesting. So does that mean that he, he he didn't con Sawyer's parents? Or did he stop? You know, that's, again, an interesting thing. Uh... You know, I think but, it all boils down to what did Jacob and the island do to make these people's lives different? You know, was he a part of all that stuff? Like, like Man in Black was saying, all the people's lives he wasted. Mm-hmm. So, what, what was his what was his little pushing? What, I mean, what did it affect? Now, we see that yeah. you know it, we can actually kind of um, infer from that that Man in Black had something to do with Ben, or, or Jacob had something to do with Ben going on the island. Because now the island's gone, and it seems that Ben was never on the island. You could yeah. the same thing for Ethan, too. And yeah, it makes like, it almost look like that they weren't affected by Jacob, and maybe they're just living their lives. Yeah, I, That's I what I get the, out of it. The key thing to find out is what's, to, I mean, what's causing all these differences. You try to trace it back to one thing, and the only thing that we can really see now is that the island has been sunk. Sunken. Yeah. So are we to believe that everything that's different is due to the fact that the island wasn't around, which in turn would make us think that because the island around was around, all this other stuff was happening. That That's what made it happen. Yeah. And I'm just thinking out loud. Right. No, no, that's, that's, 
Good, good points, Donald. Um, I have one more question before we open up for calls uh, for you guys to field. And then if you want to bring up anything that you think that I obviously missed, then feel free to bring it up. But uh, this question is, what did you guys think of the boy who was appearing to MIB and who Sawyer saw? Donald, what did you think? I heard a lot of Aaron, Aaron, but I don't see the ages matching up for Aaron. What I, what I got from it immediately was just a past Jacob. Because the first time you... Yeah, the first time you see him, it's almost like uh, Man in Black looks at him and then he like he disappears. So it's like, is it in his head? Then the second time, Sawyer sees him and he you know he mm-hmm. chases after him, and you see a very humanized you know Man in Black like this. This is like really getting to him. He wants to catch this little boy, and um, and then when he comes back, he's like, "What kid?" Now I couldn't really tell if if that was just he was just kind of messing with Sawyer or whatever or. He just lost the memory of the kid or whatever. It was really confusing to me. And it's one of those things you, you can probably get a better theory on after, like, the third or fourth time. But other than the fact that he that the kid himself said, you you can't kill him, I would have thought that that was Jacob. But I don't see it being Aaron. I think everyone sees a blonde kid and they automatically say it's Aaron. But um, it seems like it's almost some kind of just a, um, a force that was above both of them. Now, while he's in a kid's form, I, I couldn't tell you. But it might have something to do with why the, the others are so interested in kids or something like that. But I just, I just want to throw it out there that I don't think it's Aaron. I just think that's too obvious, I guess. All right. He? Yeah, at first I would thought it would be a younger Sawyer, but then uh, then it, I don't think that doesn't look like the kid who played him. But, yeah, I'm with Donald. I think it's a young Jacob. Man in Black talked about how he used to feel. He used to do this, and then he's been trapped for a long time. Uh, and then he talks about the rules, and Man in Black's polar opposite is Jacob. So I, right now I think that is a young that is a young Jacob. Now why would he come in that form to Man in Black? Uh, maybe there's something to do with their childhood. Uh, Maybe Man in Black was influenced by Jacob early on. Who knows? But I, the fact that Sawyer could see him makes sense that it's Jacob because with the influence Jacob has put on the Losties, it would make a lot of sense. Um, so it, it, it reminded me of Shannon seeing Walt in it a little bit. But, uh, well, well, yeah. Let, let me just throw in one more thing. The first time we see him, he's standing there, and his arms are out, and his arms are bleeding. Mm-hmm. The second time, second time we see him, he's just—he's—I mean, he's—he's he's just dry as a bone, and he's just in regular others' gear. So I don't know if that holds any significance, or if that rings a bell. Or... I didn't—I didn't notice that. I was too busy scribbling "boy" down. I think on a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, n- not Boy. sure what, what to make of that, except that. Uh, you think this is an indication of, of, of some kind of rebirth of Jacob, maybe? Well, he did say you, you can't kill him. So, I mean, that, that that's not like you weren't supposed to kill him. Yeah. Because he's saying that he's just going to come back. He's going to regenerate or whatever. That's what, I mean, that really made me think about that, the fact that his choice of words where you can't kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good points. Right on. Um, well, uh, that's all that I had in terms of just questions. Heath, do you have anything uh, that I missed that you think we should bring up and talk about? Uh, let's see. I don't think – I mean, I have stuff, but, again, 
I've only seen it once. Initial reaction. I don't want to like. Oh. I guess I don't want to overdo it. You know, with diving into stuff. But uh, I guess I guess one thing um, that I have for you, Matt. Now, when they were burying Locke and Donald, I'm sure knows this too. I did hear the. Was it that the full death theme, or was it only partial? What did you guys hear they, about that? They did play a full quote of the life and death theme. Yes, they did. Oh, oh yeah, interesting. Fifteen times about that. I kept tweeting it because I was waiting so, for that, that confirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was waiting for them to either bury the guy, like burn him, or something, so people would stop saying he's going to come back to life. And now, yeah, I, we find out what a candidate is. You know, protector of the island. Now, why would Alana say that? Frank is. Is it because, um, I mean, he wasn't one of the one of the six. So I'm interested in that. And then, did you guys notice names crossed out? Were those people who died? Did you catch any names? Uh, some people. I caught a few in in Axel's chat. They said Littleton was on there and it was crossed out. Uh, Troop was on there. It was crossed out. And then, like a lot of just random names. Yeah. So interesting. But, but the, the interesting thing I found out about that, or I think about that, is is it just like a list, like one to like a thousand or whatever, and it just so happens that our losses coincide with the numbers that Hurley's been seeing, or is it just random numbers altogether? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just um, it's not just four, eight, fifteen, sixteen is up there. There's other numbers too, like 119 or something like that. Maybe that's the correct. I mean, I hate to go to ARGs, the Valenzetti equation, but, you know, because some people might, who just watch the show every week and don't do that, wouldn't know. Uh, But, yeah, it's interesting that maybe that's the right combination. Uh, They were the right combination. Maybe it's kind of not Faraday-esque, but you got everyone gets a number, and the 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 is the right combo. And they're just lucky. I don't know. So. All right. Donald, uh, what do you have that I've missed here that needs to be pointed out sorely? <laughs> um, well, I definitely did want to, uh, he's mentioned it already, but I definitely did want to mention that Locke, I take that as full confirmation that the guy is gone, which is it's kind of weird because, you know, it seems like he should have had more to do, but maybe in his death he'll actually have more purpose than he did in his life. Also, I um, wanted to note it was kind of weird to have a, a lock-centric episode with, you know, neither the, the alternate or the lock on the island were the actual lock that we've known. <laughs> so that was kind of weird to even say lock-centric. But um, I guess technically it was. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention, and we can get the calls in, but it, it definitely seemed like I didn't get a chance to talk. I, I, I think um, Heath had already changed the subject from the question, but Oh, you had asked about the the memories or whatever, or if it was bleeding over backwards. And I definitely saw it as it's kind of like Locke's memories in his in his head because the Locke we see in the alternate timeline, he seems to be over that whole "Don't tell me what I can't do," because Rose clearly told him what he couldn't do, and he kind of accepted it. So I don't see it as bleeding over backwards. I just kind of saw it as well. You, you take you take on someone's memories. What are we if if not our own our memories? That's just that's what makes us what we are. So. Maybe that's kind of seeping into his his subconscious or whatever, whatever he is, because he definitely appears to be coming 
more human to me. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he's falling over and stuff, and it just it just seems like he, he maybe he's even turning into a human again. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you, something that I was wondering, and it was before we got the reveal of what the candidate was, but in the middle of the show, I was sitting there thinking. Well, maybe he who lies in the shadow of the statue who will save us all still is locked because of the way the fact that MIB had duplicated his body and taken his memories would be his own kind of ruination. Um, he would uh, become a susceptible to his own, uh, uh, to the devices of the person that he had chosen to, uh, to use. That's a really good point. I like that. Yeah, I like I like the fact, too, that Alana told Ben that he can't shapeshift now. He's stuck in Locke's body, which I'm like, thank you. I don't want to see him become all these other people. I'm glad the they scene. answered that, too, because I was thinking, why is he still taking Locke's form? He already yeah. did what he needed to do. Exactly. But I'm guessing, um, I don't think, Matt, did you ever answer who you thought the, the little boy was? No, you know. You know what? Uh, I didn't, and I was kind of under the impression that it was. Uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll I'll just uh, admit right here, right now. When I the very first shot that I saw, since it was kind of quick, I thought, "Is that Zach?" <laughs> but uh, the, the next time, I just kind I kind of took it to be, especially uh, then I got to thinking about how his arms were outstretched in the first shot. And I and I, I kind of took it to take much more of a deity type of symbolism, and so I've kind of eliminated the fact that it could possibly be Aaron or anybody but Jacob. So I'm kind of with you guys on that. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of when Ben saw his mom, because yeah. I mean, Richard specifically asked him, "Did did your mom die on the island?" And he's like, "No." So I'm wondering if there's like a, a loophole or something there, and you can only take the form of people there have died off-island or on-island, something like that, or maybe off-island and brought to the island. Cause, but in both instances, we've seen that with Christian and with Locke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like seeing that because it does kind of show that maybe there is a weakness in Man in Black. We don't know it yet, but he was startled. Now, now, has, anybody like, ever thought, has anybody ever thought, because you know the island kind of shows us our past, what if that's like his son or something from when he was human and his son died? And You know, I'm taking this uh, strictly from... Be. From Supernatural, you know, Mark Pellegrino played, like, um, a guy who got possessed by the <laughs> devil. And the devil was actually showing him his dead son in the crib, kind of messing with him. So I'm thinking, like, what if that's, like, the island's way of kind of, like, pulling his strings? He knows that that's going to affect him. And he did mention that he knows what it's like to lose someone. So yeah, that's a good thinking, point. Yeah, I mean, it could easily be just somebody we haven't, we don't know from his past. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good, I mean, that's a very good, because uh, I like to hear alternate things because it's, it's Jacob, but I like hearing that um, because, they, yeah, you're right. They did talk about that, and, may, you know, maybe his son died because of something he did, you know, so it could be, because I'm just trying to think now, Donald, do you bring that up, the island? So do you think the with Jacob dead, the island still can not take care of itself, but have influence that isn't Jacob related. I always thought that I always thought that the island itself has a certain amount of, of, I guess, Mm -hmm. power and Jacob's kind of just in charge of managing that power, making sure no one abuses it. Yeah. 
So that's the magic box. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when, when Ben said the magic box and everything, it was a metaphor for the islands. You know, I didn't see that as uh, that's just Jacob, like, listening to prayers or whatever, what everyone wants. I think the island yeah. itself can, ma- can manifest stuff. Uh, all right, guys, you ready to take some calls? Yeah, let's do it. I can't wait to hear what people have to say. All right, first up we have Anna in Indiana. No, no, no. Hi, Anna, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? Did you hear the Donald say, no, 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 no? <laughs> well, when I'm being unmuted, I couldn't hear anything. So if he said that, I did not hear it. Oh, no, he didn't uh, say it. Never mind. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he was thinking it, though. He was thinking it. Um, so what do you think, Anna? Um, well, I have a couple observations and then sort of a question to throw out for you guys. Um, first observation was um, that the woman at the um, the employment office where Locke was, was Hurley psychic, and Trisha Tanaka is dead. And I just thought that was great because on some podcasts listen, I listened oh, to yeah. after. Yeah, they, somebody had mentioned tarot cards recently, and so I was thinking of her anyway, and then there she was asking him, what animal are you? And I was like, oh, it's a psychic. That's, That's awesome. right. I thought I recognized her. I'm like, who is this woman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, my other little observation is in honor of Heath, because oh. did you did you notice that Sawyer said I better put some pants on? Yeah, the ramble on. Yep. <laughs> yes, the one where you were like, let me put some pants on. I was like, like, wow. Hold on, let me put my they, pants on. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think it's a podcast. I know. I think it was uh, the not, not tiny boat. boat. Yeah, yeah. podcast. So there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. I did. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, more seriously, the sort of question that I have is, Ilana is the first person that we ever hear use the term candidate when she's talking about Frank, which you guys already mentioned a little bit. But if she's really working for Jacob and if she's been closely working with him because he seems to be coming back to her again in the incident to ask for more help because he already knows her, then we we know on, there are only six people left written on that wall. How does she not know that Lapidus is not one of those names? That just seems kind of kind of strange uh, to me. I, I The answer that I got from that, Anna, is the same way that MIB approached it with Richard, when Richard didn't even seem to know who a, what a candidate was. It seems yeah. that Jacob hasn't been telling anybody much of anything. But they wouldn't even have a list? Because she knew she was supposed to bring Saeed to the island. She knew at least that much. I think he just gave her, like, need-to-know information for that point. He didn't just, like, sit down and just tell her his whole entire plan for life. I think it was Did just, guys... like, get Saeed and do this and just, and just come help me or protect me or something. Do you guys think he's lying to Sawyer then, saying, I'm going to tell you everything you want to know? He's got to be. He's not going to tell uh, James Ford everything, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I think he's I telling him enough, you know, to keep him with him. But he definitely gave him a lot of information tonight. Mm-hmm. So if Jacob had had succeeded in finding the right person to replace himself, do you think that that person would have become immortal? I think they're yeah, they'll become whatever Jacob was if they accept it. 
It seems like you have to accept it, though. So what, but then what's, what you... what's going to make them immortal? What would make them immortal? Because I would think Jacob could do it. Like, he did to Richard. But if he's dead, then he might not even be able to. But if that's, the that's... man in black is right, then it's all just a big game anyway. That Jacob just sort of created this idea of, oh, I have to protect the island, and it doesn't need protecting. Although I'm not sure if I believe him when he said that. Let's let Matt answer some of these questions. I don't think he's answered anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the the whole thing about MIB is I'm not so certain that in order for MIB to leave the island, and this is just conjecture, but I'm thinking more along the lines he's given Sawyer the same information about Jacob that he needs to pull off for himself. He needs Sawyer to replace him so that he can leave the same way that uh, uh, Jacob needs someone to replace him. That kind of like in that, the hatch, just, Matt. Like Inman needed a replacement. It's kind of that. Yeah. Kind of same. Like yeah. could be for me to leave. I need someone to take over. Kind of. Kind of well, reminds we, me of that. I mean, think about the name of the, of the episode, the substitute. I don't think oh. it's just about, you know, Locke getting a job, like, in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I totally agree, Donald. I think I think that, that name, The Substitute, is about who can substitute for Jacob, who can substitute for MIB, and then, of course, Locke being a substitute teacher. Yeah. But but that was the that was the least important of, of the titles in, in the yeah. in the title. Now, one more thing. Who who gets a substitute job like just that easily and they can do PE and um, biology and all this other stuff just just instantly like that? Well, I I can happens, tell you in the actually. state of Missouri, <laughs> I can tell you in the state of Missouri that uh, all you have to have is a degree in something in order to substitute teach in, in the public school system. Wow. Uh, yep. so and some connections. And in Indiana, you know, with Hugo. You don't even have early have a degree in Indiana. There's actually a real shortage of substitute teachers. When I finished high school in Pennsylvania, they were like begging for substitute teachers. That's crazy. Because yeah, he's yeah. like doing girls PE and then he jumps to like a human reproduction. Well, that's PE and health do the same thing. Yeah. Really? Teach the same. Was it health? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was like science because we learned that in science. So. Oh, yeah, we did it in health class. So I guess wherever. But, yeah, I know in California, actually California, I had a friend who was a substitute teacher, and she was telling me that she got a job so quick because they just, there was nobody, especially going to inner city schools, especially with that. This one didn't look like an inner city school, but so I guess, yeah. Well, Hurley owns the school? Is that what we're No, no, but (laughs) the temp agency is hiring the substitutes. He can go right at the top of the list, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I forgot the about the whole tip. <laughs> I was thinking you Hurley was like the box company who was giving someone, giving him a job. <laughs> in but that, that's beside the point, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good to, you know. Right on, Anna. And and guys, that's awesome. Let's uh, move on <laughs> and bring in another caller. Uh, www. Dot Axel Foley, the voice of the Lost Mythos podcast. .org. Axel, you with us, brother? Hello. Can you hear me, Penny? <laughs> I hear you, sister. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. I was kind of just listening on my phone, and I think that title, The Substitute, there's so, there's so many different ways to look at it. And I think just to harken back to last week's episode, What Kate Does, there was so much of that going on, too, you know? The, the themes are really being, the writing is really good, man. I was tearing up when Locke was talking to uh, Helen. Really? Moving. Yeah, it was moving to me. That's, I mean, that's, that's refreshing because I didn't really care. I was like, well, what do I care? What's this about? Well, the only thing that scares me, Axel, is if she really is going to die from an aneurysm, that would kind of, oh yeah, you know. You know, that would really suck. They're about to get married and she dies. I hope not. I'm going to put it past them. Yeah. My my whole problem was, like, having to see Locke in the the tub for, like, ten minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) Is he, like, like the laziest guy in the world? He has, like, a tray in there with coffee and he's, like, in the tub. He is paralyzed, (laughs) Donald. Yeah, does that mean out. he has to like drink drink coffee while in the tub too, and like eat sandwiches and read the paper? That's just lazy. Anyway, I'm just Jeez. <laughs> oh, Axel, you had a question? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys had mentioned it. Um, I saw it in the chat too. But when you were talking about the numbers. Uh, that we saw the flashback kind of, I guess it's kind of funny because in this sense it is a flashback because we saw it before the show, but of uh, Jacob touching everybody, and we didn't see Kate, nor did we see her name on the wall. Thank you. Forgot about that. What's up with that? And also, just to point out, I think someone else in the chat said it, and I I think when those posters came out in the um, hiatus, they had uh, the Dharma van and the number five was on there. And there was something else where the number five and, you know, changing the numbers. So maybe Kate's a different number or something. I don't know. What did you guys think of that? Why wasn't Kate in there? I don't think Jacob wanted a, a woman to run the island. But it's okay oh, if her, that's if a woman and a man run an island together. <laughs> just, yeah, that's a joke. That's a joke. I don't want the women. <laughs> okay. Women are going to be like calling in. What is this problem? So, I just send, uh, send all I your hate mail to lost at Donald. <laughs> hopefully, well, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Kate, but hopefully she's just not that important to the story. I think that'll be a pretty big twist. You know, they killed Locke, so I don't put it past them just having Kate be this build up for so long, and then it turns out she's not important, and then we see her have to deal with that. Just like, um, I mean, think about it. This is the same show that wanted to kill off. The, the main character, who I think was going to be, what, Christian Slater or... Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, Batman. Whatever. <laughs> so I don't... I don't, mom. <laughs> I don't know. How about you guys, uh, Heath and Matt? What do you think about the... Or is Vanna still there? What do you think about this Kate thing? What's up with that? He touched her for you know some funny? reason. It's funny, Axel. I didn't even, like, notice it. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't. It didn't even hey, cross okay. my mind. Hey, hey, okay. Okay. Hey, okay. Yeah. No, I you know, I like Kate. I mean, I don't agree with a lot of her choices, but you know. Uh gosh. I'm gonna defer to Anna on this one. Take <laughs> <laughs> like the easy roads. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, wow, this is a tough one. Um, <laughs> Why do you think I deferred to you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, no problem. Glad I could be of service. I wonder if there's something Kate has done between now and whenever that makes her not a good candidate. I mean, does a person necessarily have to die to be crossed off the list? Because what if what if the Quan was kind of going either way? It could be Sun, it could be Jin, and then Sun has really strong ties back to the real world because of Ji Yan. And, and Kate maybe has really strong ties back to the real world because of Aaron. And so maybe that would just disqualify her right off the bat. Although I don't know if between the time they got back and the time that we saw them in the cave tonight, I don't know if Jacob would have had time to go back down there and cross her name off any list. And now would, Anna, but, would this mean Jacob touched everybody? Or well, <laughs> when was this crossed off, you know? Right. And, and well, that's crossing it off. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't necessarily have to be Jacob that's crossing it off. I mean, Man in Black just caught, crossed out Locke's name. Good point. True. Maybe when That's Smokey... sort of personal, though, because he took him out, basically. Yeah. He might have came in there and crossed out Echo if Echo was on there, too. So. Mm. Yeah. And, and that, that actually reminds me, like, if he can just kill these guys at any point, like he killed Echo, then what's stopping him from just killing everyone? Mm-hmm. Maybe he does need them. Like, he's trying to maybe use Sawyer. Maybe he just needs some of these people for his own uses. Yeah, maybe he flashes on them to see inside them and whatnot. And there's certain ones he can kill and certain ones he can't. I mean, unless he's been there before and he sees, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Or well, maybe by Echo, Echo actually saying that he wasn't sorry and this and that, maybe that in a way is that him just doing nothing. You know, he said if you do nothing, you can end up like John Locke, maybe get your name crossed out. So was Echo actually just turning down the job or whatever, or just doing nothing? Because he, yeah. he wasn't—he didn't seem to be repentant. He wasn't sorry, and, and he didn't seem, aside from the hatch, he didn't seem like, at least in his final days, that he was about the island. It was about Yemi or himself. He wasn't doing necessarily things for the island because the hatch, anyway, was Dharma. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I mean, with Sawyer I doing anything. It, I love how it's still bringing us, like, so many questions. I know, I know. It's lost, baby. This is really one of the things I was worried about. Was this season going to be answer, 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 and there's nothing really to talk about, and we were just going to be reacting? Mm-hmm. But did you guys see the commercial where it's like, no more questions? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, more questions. Yeah. <laughs> That's ABC thinking there's going to be no more questions and not even watching the episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think the way this community is that there's there's no possible way they could give just straight answers and, and people still not ask questions anyway. But yeah. Um, yeah. it's nice. It's it's a nice entertainment value to still have things to, to wrap, try and wrap our minds around as well as uh, getting answers here and there as we go. Yeah. And I'll just say, uh, Axel, in response to your thing about Kate, is I think Kate's a factor in another way. Um, 
she may not be a potential candidate for running the island or a potential candidate for replacing MIB, whatever this real potential candidate thing is from whoever's perspective. But I think that uh, let's let's look at, at, at the things that she has done. She's divided uh, Jack and Sawyer in a way, you know, uh, and it, there could be a possible, you know, if Sawyer were and sorry, Heath, I'm not going to I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but let's just look at it hypothetically. Oh, no, if, just, if Sawyer, I were Sawyer to, but you can say it's not like I'm protective of Sawyer. Don't say anything bad about Sawyer. I don't care. Right on. Right on. Okay, so Sawyer, Sawyer. Let's say that Sawyer is the candidate to replace MIB so that he can leave, and Jack is, of course, still one of the candidates to replace Jacob and become the protector of the islander, so to speak. Then you have Kate as a kind of a divider line that's been there between the two of them. Even though we do know that Sawyer's seems to really be in heart with Juliet. There was still there was there were three seasons of interplay between Kate and and Jack and Sawyer that set up a a, a, a kind of a divisive um, side of it. And so just the fact that she's a, not one of the numbers or isn't a potential candidate doesn't mean that she's not an important part of the game. I, I like the way Matt's thinking tonight. I feel like I'm not really contributing, but Matt's like putting some really good theories out there today. So like Kate, Kate would be like Yoko Ono. She's like just break it all up, break the group up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kate is the Yoko Yono of the island. Yoko Ono. Yoko Yono. Who's that? Oh, Yoko yeah, that's, Ono. And that's coming. That's coming from a musician. Musician. Uh, yeah. Go figure. Uh, Give piece of chance, Matt. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I look at that when you're talking about replacement substitutes, and I think of the Man in Black and Jacob scene when. And in black, it's up, and it's like, I want to kill you. You know how bad I want to kill you right now? I could just see Sawyer saying that to Jack in another timeline at the beach, like starting over again. Just, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know. I see Sawyer as a man in black now. <laughs> but we'll see. Hey, with that, with that thought, can we uh, move on to another caller here? It's your we show have, uh, tonight. And- <laughs> Well, then we shall move on. Uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew from Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Have a thought for us? I have several. <laughs> um, well, one thing I haven't heard mentioned. Um, so Sawyer saw the the little kid, right? And and he'd identified as a candidate. Hurley was a candidate, and he could see the cabin. So is there something about candidates and what they can and can't see that other people can? It makes sense to me. Um, I, I I would I would at this point agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I I really would go with that. There's definitely got to be something special about the candidate. And so it'd be interesting to see if Frank can see anything and if he is a candidate. Remember, he's supposed to be on the flight, but he wasn't. And like with Frank, Andrew, I was thinking he's the one he didn't get off he didn't get on that flight 
by possibly either his own free will or I don't know if Jacob influenced him, but it would make me believe that Frank has got some sort of power or some sort of something if he cannot go on a flight that he was supposed to be on. So, and if he's a candidate, I wonder if Frank's a bigger part, but, but yeah, I, I would agree that maybe they can see things. Uh, so, and, and just so I can interject here, let's not forget that since Frank was supposed to be an original member of that flight, is it possible that all of the people on that flight that were supposed to survive were potential candidates? And who's the first person that gets taken out by MIB is the pilot. Yep. So the fact that it wasn't Frank, I see it as because it wasn't Frank, he was able to do it. If it was Frank, I don't ah, think okay. Frank would have gotten killed. Yeah, you can look at it both I ways. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you, you really could. You're right, Donald, Matt. You really could look at it both ways. And so, again, it is the pilot. But with what we know now, uh, it would have been interesting to see. We won't see it. But, you know, and, and he, he did survive the Ajira. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I know you mentioned Frank having power, but... Uh, the way I see it, there was a lot of things in place. It wasn't just Jacob touching. Like, for instance, it was Matthew Abaddon who actually got locked on the plane. So I definitely see a certain amount of free will in there. But eventually, if you were meant to go to that island, you will. Just like Frank got back and Miles and Charlotte and and possibly some of the people there on 316 that we kind of forgot about. They're just kind of on that other beach. They might have been some of the people that, you know, through circumstances that we don't know about, were supposed to be on 815. Good point. Now, do you think, Frank, do you think there's a difference with him if he came on in Ajira versus Oceanic? I mean, do you think it's just he, he's there now, so he's in time for the big party or the big war? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I guess that seems right. And the fact they probably didn't cast him yet, but <laughs> we'll put that aside. And, yeah, no, that's, that, he did get there. You're right. So eventually, maybe he wasn't supposed to get there at that time. You know, he, was, he says he was supposed to fly the plane, but maybe all along he was supposed to get there a Jira time to meet up with Alana and all that because he could have possibly gotten killed before then. So, yeah, I'd go with that. Great. Nice thoughts, guys. Uh, Andrew, what else do you have here? thought I had. Um, uh, you know, Kate not having a number, apparently. Um, my thought was, what if uh, it goes back to the touches? So Jacob touched her along with the rest of them. And, and you know, there's been this talk that maybe she was really important played into the endgame. And we know that Jacob kind of keeps his, his cards close to his chest. So what if maybe she's kind of a secret that, you know, he didn't write on the wall Nobody but him really knows about, and she plays really big into some sort of Jacob final solution. See, now, Andrew, Andrew, now you're in my territory. I, I've, I've been saying since the hiatus that I hope that Kate would have some kind of huge role that that we just haven't seen yet. And everybody hates me for saying that, pretty much. But uh, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I I would love to see that myself personally, but that's just speaking as a fan and not if you look at the context of the show so far we've seen nothing to prove that at all. 
And and I I didn't really think that way until this kind of emerged, you know, where it seems like maybe this is some evidence that way. You know, that the touches are really important and that, you know, she doesn't seem to have any other connection. You know, it can it can go the same way with I mean, like you said, it could it could be both quans, it could be one or the other, but we saw him touch both. So maybe everybody he touched doesn't necessarily have to be a candidate. But they might play a little role or maybe a bigger role like you're saying. Secret weapon. Yeah. Yeah. It may maybe the the if you just look at the touches, maybe the touches are about getting the candidate down to one uh, in some way. He's just he's just basically kind of inter, interweaved their lives in some way or another. Um, we've we've kind of seen that interaction with with Locke and and now Hugo. Of course, they had that connection in in our regular timeline too with Hugo owning that box company. But uh, I, I just I just kind of wonder if if it's the fact that Jacob went out and found these people because he has some kind of realization that their lives are all intertwined anyway, as they seem to be yeah. in this alternate timeline, Excellent you know, um, that, yeah, that, 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 that destiny led him to them. Not that he went and chose particularly chose them out. And so I, I can't see, I, I think you're right that the touch of Kate means something, but then we have to look, we haven't seen Jacob's touch miles yet. He seems to be very important right now. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's still questionable as to it, to me at least exactly what the touches mean. But I do they they must be part of 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 Jacob's play of the game. We just don't necessarily know exactly how yet. Or maybe some for some purpose and some for another because we did get those scenes uh, tonight. Which when he said you know you touch he touched each of these guys and or and then from there he pulled you like a puppet string uh, that. You know, and we did see those flashbacks from the incident, or we did see those scenes from the incident where Jacob was touching each of those, uh, which would clearly indicate that a touch can mean making you a candidate, but it may not be the whole thing about Jacob's touches. You know, I, I've always been a, a big um, believer that people are giving like, Jacob too much power, you know, theorizing that he can do all this and that. You know, I'm yeah. constantly constantly looking for ways to make that alternate timeline important. And one of the, the, the things we could take from it now is the fact that these people were always destined to be a part of each other's lives. And Jacob just noticed that about them, and that's what led to him choosing. It wasn't the fact that because he touched them, they're a part of people's lives. They were always supposed to be a part of each other's lives. Yeah, I agree totally, Donald. I, I uh, we we were talking about that in our podcast last week about how the uh, the Kate episode, if it did any one thing, it proved that to us. And uh, I, I'm totally with you there. Yeah, I just find it interesting how Locke, Helen ripped up Jack's card, um, and so it reminded me of the John Locke letter that Jack had kept following him. You wonder if somehow in this other timeline, if Jack will become will run into him or something, or if by ripping up a card, that probably has probably won't do a thing. Yeah, yet another think, mirror. I, th- I think a big part of, of the alternate timeline story was just to have a little show us Locke's character development, other alternate logic, and to show that he didn't need to be healed in this particular timeline. 
to be happy. Now, if they ever, if they revisit that again, like, because it seems like they're just kind of doing a, um, a two-parter for all of these guys. Like, with Kate, for instance, it was, uh, we didn't get a lot about Kate, and we didn't really see, like, if the Comic-Con video was correct or whatever, and she didn't really kill her father, or even she's, in fact, innocent. Like, it was suggested. It was just kind of a one-parter, which was, makes me think they're going to they're come back and do a two-parter for all these little individual stories that they're doing right now. Hopefully with Desmond. Maybe. I mean, I it just, to me, it just seemed really disconnected. You know, there's the island story, and then there's, like, this totally different version of Locke that we've never seen before doing all this stuff, like, in the past. Do, do you guys know if there's been any other episodes we didn't, we haven't seen Jack at all? Was this one of, like, two, or does anyone know offhand? Last season, there were maybe one or two. Otherwise, okay. I just find it cute, you know, find it interesting. No Matthew Fox. Yeah. Yeah. But they have so many characters. I mean, with the focus on just a few, you have to pretty much give them some time. Oh, no, I, I understand why they do it, but they haven't done it that much throughout the series. I just found it interesting. He's still sipping tea and talking baseball. It's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's let's bring on another caller. We have the good doctor on. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hello. Uh, hey. Hello. What? Hey. Hey, doc. What's going on? You uh, um. What do you got for us? I actually just have a big art overarching question about, um, I guess, the, the conflict that Man in Black and Jacob are having. I kind of threw it out there in the chat. I'm just, I'm trying to see why why their their views are kind of conflicting. Why can't the Man in Black leave without affecting Jacob's plan of protecting the island? Or maybe does it relate to you know, Jacob's plan to keep the people that he wants on there to protect it, you know, and and how much of the it's just an island, it doesn't need to be protected, should we read into? I, I definitely think, I mean, Jack said it last season, or was it season four, where he said it's just an island, it doesn't four. need protecting. So right. we definitely heard it before. Yeah, we definitely heard it before. And, I mean, normally in writing, I mean, to us it may seem like, oh, it's just a line, but in writing, I I think they write those things for specific reasons. So that that might be another um, argument that they're actually arguing over MIB and Jacob is that maybe the island really doesn't need protecting. It's just all in Jacob's fantasy. You know, Jacob is kind of like Locke, where Locke thinks, oh, it needs protecting. It's a miracle place or whatever. So maybe like a part of their argument, because I don't see them just arguing over the fact that they want to bring people to the island and he doesn't want to bring people to the island. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what the show is about, like, oh, he's touching people. Oh, no, I don't want him to touch people. I want to leave. I think it has to be on a lot more levels than just that. Yeah, it almost seems like Man in Black is basically not correcting rights or wrongs, but defusing Jacob's work 
like he kills Jacob. Now he's trying to recruit his, Jacob's candidates. So I'm, I'm wondering if there's more he has to do to get off. Why can't he just leave? So, and, and I'm thinking, wow, he has his powers and whatnot because of the island. Why would he want to leave? But again, is it literally leaving the island? A lot of people thought him going to the temple. But, I mean, after this week, I kind of think like, okay, he wants to leave the island, but where? Where the heck is he going? <laughs> you know, if he was a man in the 1800s or whatever, or before, like, when was he going to go work at Taco Bell? I mean, I mean <laughs> where is he going? <laughs> maybe it's just, uh, just the whole thing about being free. Yeah. He said he was a man, so maybe Jacob, like, made him this thing. That's it's interesting. so confusing right now. It's like, how did he become this monster? And, like, what's his job? Is his job to, like, roam the island and protect the temple or to scan people? Or is he doing that on his own? Yeah. He, you know, I'm just wondering if, if the game isn't to leave the island, period. And uh, Jacob was trying to win the game by finding his candidate... And MIB's trying to leave because uh, however means he needs to leave. He said we have to leave together, whatever that means. And I don't know if that was a manipulation or not, but I wonder if the, if the game is actually just to escape. Yeah, because remember, Sawyer's a con man. That's his profession. you got to believe the man in black's going to con him in some way. He's not going to be buddy-buddy and tell him the truth. He's going to give him enough information to him so Sawyer will do what he wants to do, and then something's going to happen. Of course, it'll set off Sawyer somehow. You lied to me. Now, now what do you guys think about, because they seem to be just revealing that, you know, the whole purpose of this show is just get get them to the island to to see who's going to take over to be the next Jacob. But I, I was really hoping that we're going to see that it actually has something to do with more of redemption for each of these characters' lives. You know, they they all have their problems and stuff that they have to overcome. Not just who's the last man standing and that's who that's who gets the job. Like like is it like Donald the Donald Trump show or whatever where you know you're fired, you scratch your name out and just whoever's left is the apprentice. Like I want it to be more about them actually correcting what's wrong in their lives. You know, making better people. Isn't that what Deep this stuff. other timeline is doing or trying to do? It's, but it, to me, that's not them. They still have their problems. That's they true, Donald. Uh, an idiot. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Let me just say, don't you think that some of these processes and things that they've been learning on the island has been somewhat starting them in the direction of redemption, and maybe that's what it takes to become a candidate? It's about the journey. Yeah, I totally agree, but I don't want it to be like you, you're either, um, I mean, just the last man standing kind of thing. I, I want to see, like, something that, that says that Jacob's plan was to actually help these people, if not to just, not just making them a candidate and whoever could be the candidate. But, like, his, the purpose was to help them no matter what, even if they weren't, you know, even if they, they didn't become a candidate. You know? Yeah. It's not just like, yeah, I, have you, like, have you seen House Season 4 when he just hired a bunch of people and just kind of, like, went through them all to see who was the best? <laughs> Supernatural and House. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I mean, it, it's real, real good to compare other stuff to, to compare. <laughs> no, for, you know, and you wonder, Donald, 
if being a candidate, protecting the island, maybe in doing so, that's where they can really learn. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, yeah. but maybe there's something more yeah. to that than just protecting the island. Maybe it's to help other people or I don't know. Right. got to be more to it. I know it's frustrating for us because final season – yeah, we don't have the whole thing, and we're used to all the other shows we watch are so straight narrative. We kind of expect what's going to happen. It's like, you know, you go to school to become a lawyer, there's a certain rank. But if you want to be, you know, a host of a TV show, there isn't necessarily a set way to do it. It happens for people at different times. So it's kind of like this show is like that. There's no set way and we're all experiencing this for the first time and it's frustrating at times as much as we love it and whatever but when we talk about it and go into it it, it's frustrating because we've never experienced this before so it it it, we weren't we don't know at times how we can actually how do we put this in our normal way of thinking of house of supernatural of other shows and family ties i don't know why i threw that up there but i just had to uh but you know so we're kind of all struggling and we're trying to make sense of this and it is a little frustrating and then you'll get the people who just get the dvds watch it at in one weekend and be like oh wow that was cool it's like you didn't get to suffer like us (laughs) through the the week breaks and hiatuses, so it's understandable. Well, um, Mr. Doctor, did we even address your question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. A, 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 I think it's a question that doesn't really have an answer because the uh, narrative is coming from two writers that at the end of the day, I mean, the show could really be about an argument that they had that they couldn't solve, and now they're trying to artistically try to have that argument over you know, television. So (laughs) I'm just kind of, I guess, lost as to what, you know, everyone's talking about all these different themes, trying to just look at the bigger picture and just ask, like, what is the central conflict of the show? And they've kind of hinted at different things, light versus dark, fate versus destiny, or free will versus destiny, or leaving the island. Like, what, what is the ultimate end game? but it's probably something we're not going to find out until the very last episode. <laughs> I, I, I definitely see all those layers and themes, but it, it, it appears to me like the direction they're going, when it's all said and done, is, is going to be about MIB versus Jacob and what are they arguing about. And I just want it to be more about the characters' lives and them trying, well, at least one of them trying to help. It seems like, honestly, like they were both actually trying to help, but it's just like the different perspectives, like, MIB well, thinks that Jacob is wasting their lives, and Jacob thinks that he's actually helping them, I guess. I think one thing that I think is kind of interesting is that he's looking at candidates, right? So why, what is his process of elimination, and why not just let some go? Why does everyone need to be protected if there's only one replacement for him? You know, why do they all need to be in the temple? Have they not shown that they're not a good candidate yet? You know, just some things don't really add up, but I guess they're going to reveal that as it as it comes. I don't know. And if Jacob is this, I mean, if he's making these candidates and he cares about them, why is he not telling people to protect them? I mean, they won five people have been on that island for or three months. And there's smoke monster running around pretty much 
killing him or whatever. And the others didn't even seem to know about it. Dogen almost just shot them all just right there. Like, I yeah. think Jacob could have given them some heads up, you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I certainly don't have the answer, and I, I thought you guys are probably the best best people oh, to no. talk to about it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Very much appreciated, man. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who knows? Who do we got next, Matt? Uh, uh, next we have up. Actually, uh, you wanted to do some West Coasters, so here is Glenn. Hey, Glenn, what you doing, buddy? <laughs> Hanging in there, guys. Wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Glenn, uh, toilet, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Greetings. A uh, couple geek notes. Um, caught just one image during a scene of Richard with half his face covered with blood and uh, totally reminded me of the black and white guy from Star Trek. Let that be your last battlefield. Um, Two survivors, abandoned world, fighting it out till the end. Mm -hmm. Might be reaching, but you know what? It it struck me properly. When you're on Jacob's ladder, you're always reaching, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Um, You actually got to see Jacob's ladder tonight. Indeed. <laughs> that was like three of them. That was like Glenn's shout out. I never. <laughs> it was in the chat. Um, Excellent. I I definitely think uh, Sawyer is going to be a Han Solo here. I think he's going to be. Um, you're going to think towards the end of this, he's, you know, on MIB if MIB's evil, on MIB's side, and then he's going to come back and and pull a Han Solo and blast Darth Vader off into space. Um, sounds good to me. Iggy and the, say again? No, I just said sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, uh, the song Sawyer was listening to, if I remember correctly, was Iggy and the Stooges searching... Um, uh, what's the name? Search and Destroy. Yeah. I could have sworn, Glenn, I heard Cabin Boy, but I know that's not the line. Search and destroy. I was like cabin boy, and you got lock coming. <laughs> now, how long just, was that song? Cause I go know, back right? and look at the lyrics. It's totally about isolation. You know, angry, being driven by uh, napalm and uh, nuclear a bomb, and you know, just angry about it. And it it totally fits the situation. Yeah, kind of sets up what I'm talking about with with uh, Sawyer going towards. You know, if MIB is is the uh, evil side, push them sort of that way, and then perhaps it's mm. the end redemption. But um, uh, the other cool thing I caught that, again, you know, pushing up my glasses and adjusting the pocket protector, uh, <laughs> if Jacob is a kid, is, you know, the, the little kid we saw, he's wearing brown pants, brown vests, and a kind of tan shirt, which is the wardrobe of a Jedi. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for Star Wars. And, and the, the vest had a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone's favorite Star Wars fan for nothing, folks. 
the only reason I called in. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, peace, good night. Like, <laughs> well, what did what did you think of the episode, Glenn? You know what? I I was literally on the edge of my couch. I was enthralled. It was quick. It was uh, a lot of content. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way too much more. I gotta I gotta watch it a couple more times to catch everything. But I probably gotta keep watching it all week. I probably still yeah. won't have watched it enough, but. Yeah, it was just it was just a really good way to come back from sort of a downer, a downer that had a lot of had good information last week, but to have something like this just with some answers and it was just I I mean, Glenn, I just loved them going down the ladder into that the edge of the island, edge of the world type thing, <laughs> and it just was awesome. You know, me and water. Just love water. <laughs> it just it was just so awesome. When I saw that on one of the promo uh the promos I was got really excited. Uh and it just uh, that was just great. I love that. Now let me throw something else out. You guys were talking earlier about Kate and how she might not be a number, but <clears throat> and and this just uh came into my noggin while you guys were talking, but she's kind of the same in the uh, um, Flash Sideways. She's still a crook. She's still dealing with the same things. Does that come into play? Mm. She's the one who's not different. I mean, there's others, but and I don't mean others as in others, but but that might be an elimination for her in that she cannot achieve um, redemption, if you will. Well, it's funny you say that because when Jacob touched her, it's like, you're not going to steal anymore, right, Katie? But she does. Yeah. So she is like, she's the one there that contradicts what Jacob, now we could say, well, her stealing and all that letter to the island because she was arrested and whatnot. So you could look at it that way, but you could also look at, you know, maybe, I mean, I guess Jack too kind of, he was driven, but at the same time still had a problem with his dad. Uh, Sawyer, he was literally write the letter, become a con man. Uh, Saeed, losing Nadia, I guess that's what fueled him to kind of let his guard down and get into a world he shouldn't have, which led him to shooting Avelino, which led him to get caught by Lana. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Uh, I just, again, we just don't know yet. I just... I don't know. That that is weird though that we didn't see Austin sixteen or whatever. You know. Hey, you know what? Do we see, do we... I'm gonna sacrifice a rook over a queen. Well, we didn't see all the numbers up there, right? Guys and ladies? Who was all the numbers? What were all the correlations then? Locke was four. Uh Hugo was eight. Uh, 15 was was Sawyer. 16 was Saeed. Uh, 23 was Jack, and 42 was Quan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. No. Written that down. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is interesting. Kate wasn't one of the numbers, huh? Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's right. Because Locke. When we were thinking of numbers, we weren't thinking Locke. Oh, no, we, no, we would have, because he got touched by Jacob. Huh. Yeah. 
They definitely um, showed him touch her. So the fact that they didn't show him touch touch her in the flashback today, and she wasn't on that wall. I mean, she's definitely going to be some kind of part of the show. I, I was just kind of teasing, you know, with if she's worthless or whatever. But I mean, they haven't had her in the show for this long, and you know, yeah. all these eight Citric episodes and everything. They're, she's going to be something. It's just what level of something is she going to be? Now. Maybe what about this? This just could be crack rock. But if Quan means both of them, is it that she was supposed to marry Jack? Oh no 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 no! Don't think that. That's like crack rock. <laughs> well, I mean, what, aren't all a lot of these other series can crack rock? Can I can I throw well, something out there? What about what about Desmond and where he fits into all of this? Right, he's not a number. But he he's kind of you know had flashes before your eyes. He's seen the constant, and there's there hasn't been a lot of interaction between Desmond and Jacob. So how does how does Desmond fit into Jacob's plan, or is he a part of Jacob's plan? I think that's the beauty of it. I mean, think back to Locke. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. Right. And we just found out about this candidate. It doesn't mean everyone that was brought there is a candidate. It doesn't mean everyone that was touched is a candidate. So, I mean, I think there are other roles, like kind of like Matt was saying. I think there are other roles. We just don't know them all yet. And we, we have this candidate. We have that answer. So now we're trying to fit everyone into being a candidate when we might not have to. That's a good point. I hope it was. No one said anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been silent. So. Uh... <laughs> oh. Hey guys, I I I hate to uh, to uh, have to uh, wrap things up here, but I'm trying to keep this at a, a somewhat respectable time limit of about 90 minutes. So I'd like cool. to apologize to Mr. Bill and Sergeant Drano and James 721 for not being able to get you on this evening. Please call back again. Uh, and we'll get you on, I promise. And uh, in the meantime, let me just go down the row for some final thoughts here. Um, is Andrew still with us? Andrew, are you still there? Andrew, are you still yes, with I us? Yes, All right, I am. final thought. Final thought. Uh, well, I would say this episode kind of clarified something for me. Uh, early on when I first got into Lost, I was really, you know, excited about the idea of everything having a nice scientific explanation. And as things have gone on, I've certainly questioned that possibility. And, uh, with the alternate timeline, uh, I, have been really entertained by it. And I, I find that I'm just kind of trusting the writers and that that's going to work out. So I think I personally, as a lost viewer, have transformed from a man of science to a man of faith. Well played, <laughs> nice. sir. Well played. Nice. Very good. Very good. Uh, the good doctor, sir. Final thought? Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with um, – I'm blanking on Andrew, I think that's what his name yep. is. Um, you know, I kind of look back to some of the – the the previous questions like what's in the hatch and and when you look at it um, in season I think it was season five when they're flashing back and forth and you see this beam of light coming from the ground and 
and before you knew what was in the hatch, our imaginations were running wild, and, you know, anything could have been in that hatch. But as the show went on, there was a guy in a hatch pushing a button, which is probably the last thing that I was thinking about when I when I was thinking about what could possibly be in that hatch. And so far, I've been satisfied with what has come after that. So I'm also going to sit in the faith camp and just let the story play out and uh, see where see where it takes us. Very nice. Right. John, man. Very nice. Thank you. Doc. Glenn, what you thinking? <laughs> you know what? My head is... You, my... you may not want to ask that. Say what you think about loss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in season two of The Clone Wars, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you know what, guys? I knew last week was just putting food on the plate, and this week we were going to start feasting, and we got it. <laughs> nice. And Very nice. It's, it's all about bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're feasting on bunnies? What? Kids yeah. show. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I'm a vegetarian. Come on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Now, Glenn, Matt, and, uh, Glenn will be joining us next week because one of our folks won't be able to make it. Is that correct? Or right. Which uh, folk? Tune in next week to find out. Yeah, yeah. Which one of us will not be here? <laughs> Glenn will be taking the place of somebody. You just don't know who. Your questions will be answered. Yes. No more questions. Or or do we have them? <sighs> All right. Uh, before we before we call it a night, uh, Heath, tell us a little bit about your podcast and your final thought on the show, sir. Uh, I enjoy doing my podcast. Find it on iTunes. The Lost Revisited. No. But uh, yeah. No. I just uh, again. I want to know what the heck this other timeline is doing, but I, I tell you, Andrew and the good doctor really said some good words. Sometimes it's not how much, how many times you talk, it's when you do and you make it count. So I just want to say great job, you guys coming on and Glenn, of course, and Axel Foley and Anna. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, we, we apologize to anyone who didn't get on. We're just trying to get, Anybody who hasn't been on a podcast tonight on first, kind of get the freshness of an initial reaction. Because not saying it's cheating, but when you, you know, are on other podcasts, it's easier to start coming up with stuff. But no, we will definitely try to get you on next week, no doubt. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I just I just loved this episode and uh, can't wait to watch it again. Probably do that right now, and uh, can't wait for next week. Thanks, guys. Right on. And Donald, sir, your your podcast plug and your final thought for the night. Uh, podcast plug, donaldslost.com. Be up Saturday or Sunday. That's really all. But um, final thoughts, love seeing Richard scared, scared silly. Love seeing that. We didn't really talk about that, but that's fine. Um, I love how you guys are saying that you're more man of faith now, but I, I still reserve my judgment because – much as I love Lost, easily the number two show behind the X-Files for me, they have disappointed me before, and I think they've disappointed everyone at least once. You know, the whole Nick and Paolo fiasco. Um, the whole reason they have the end dates is because people were complaining. I didn't too much like the Dharma stuff last season. But like I said, still number two. But um, 
I am kind of reserving my judgment. I'm not as much of a man of faith just yet. I want to see what they're going to do with this alternate timeline. But so far, everything pretty much okay. I mean, some episodes were great so far, and some were okay, some were tolerable. But, you know, it's still the best show on TV right now, and I can't really complain that much. And I do want to thank uh, Heath and, of course, Matt, again, for coming up with this whole idea to get us three together. So I do want to thank you again. I know I thank you every week, but I just can't thank you guys enough. Oh, anytime, brother. It's it's a, And real quick, I know we're going to be crying at the end of the year, but it's just amazing the relationships we have made through this thing called podcasting. And I don't know how to spend it any other way, but the people I love to talk loss with. So here, here, Donald. Matthew. Totally agree. A toast. Great. I don't know guys. why I'm calling you me. Matthew tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess I get all. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. And as for me, you can find me at Keys to Lost on Twitter, or you can email the podcast at Keys to Lost at gmail.com. Visit our blog, Keys to Lost at blogspot.com. I would really like to thank Heath Solo and Donald from Donald is Lost for joining me. This is always just a fun and mind-broadening experience to talk Lost with you guys. And we just uh, want to thank everybody who's come to the chats for these shows and, and who call in. And it's been, uh, it's been a real joy so far. Next week, the initial reaction roundtable will be on the Lost Revisited Now feed. So be sure to catch that. This podcast will, of course, be on the Keys to Lost feed, and uh, we'll continue to rotate it through the feeds throughout the season uh, until, you know, one of us wants to kill each other or something like that, which I don't think will happen. <laughs> uh, and uh, have a choice. Thanks Matt. again. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's no longer a choice. Uh, we, there are. Uh, but we will have a substitute, which is what this discussion has been uh, about this week. So in the meantime, thank you so much and stay lost. Keys to Lost is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all of your favorite Lost podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com. <laughs>